Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right, gals and pals. Game on. It's time for the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where we help gals and their pals come together over sports. Don't hate the game. Love the game. Or at least find out why he loves it so much. Now your host, the sports gal pal herself, Ramona Rice. Well, hey there, Galpal Nation. Welcome to another episode of the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where I help you understand why he screams at the TV during a game. I'm your host, Ramona Rice. You can connect with me on Twitter at SportsGalPal and, of course, on SportsGalPal.com. And gals and pals, Galpal Nation, there has been a grievous and terrible error in my judgment because one of my favorite super fans, and he's always so nice to me whenever I'm on Next Fan Up, I have not had him back on my show since my two-a-day preview with him. And his team is ridiculously good. I have to eat some crow tonight because they're really good. But it's Nick, the Kansas City Chiefs super fan. Hello, Nick. Welcome to the show. Hey there. How's it going? <laughs> it's good. All right. Uh, full confession. This is our second take of that intro <laughs> because we had some connectivity issues. Um, much like the um, the um, Philadelphia Eagles um, offense this year. So, yes, that's the way it rolls. That's the way it rolls. How are you this evening? Are you excited about the game? I'm doing good. I am fired up. I'm, uh, you know, it's it's hard to not be this fired up when you're coming off 11 straight wins going into your 12th um, and, uh, and having already broken our 22-year playoff win drought. So at this point, nothing could make me unhappy because at least we got that monkey off our back. That's, so that's true. This, this is a happy Nick. That's, that, I'm, I'm happy for Nick. I'm not really happy for me. So in my last episode where I had a super fan on, it was, of course, um, James, the Texan super fan. And it was one of those things where I kind of was like a jilted lover, even though I got rid of him or my team got rid of him. And I don't really want Andy Reid to have any joy or happiness. Um, and that includes playoff wins. And I realize that's terrible and a horrible person. But and I've doubted your team pretty much all season. I have. Yeah, I know. A lot of people were doubting us. So at least you weren't alone. But I, and I will say on the flip side of this, in terms of me being a bad person, I had so many Philadelphia Eagles fans giving me crap after we signed uh, Andy Reid to be our head coach, saying, you know, oh, yeah, I never won any playoff games, all this kind of stuff, and talking up how Chips Kelly was going to be the next great thing, and, and seeing that and kind of smiling and nodding. Um, and now you guys are interviewing our offensive coordinator so that three years after uh, firing Andy Reid, you may be hiring one of his lieutenants to implement his system back in your state again. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with admitting, yeah, I'm like, baby, come back. I was wrong, and I just can't live without you. That song needs to be playing over and over again. We need to do whatever we can to get him, bring him in here, lure him, cheesesteaks, Rocky movies, I don't care, whatever we got to do. Um, because offensively-wise, you guys are doing, um, I mean, just fantastic looking at the numbers. I mean, in the last game, again, granted, it was the Texans, but, I mean, they have a very good defense, and you guys just smoked them. 
Yeah, I mean, the commentators were giving uh, the Chiefs quite a bit of grief over the fact that, I mean, we, we returned the opening kickoff uh, 106 yards for a touchdown, and then we only scored six other points, you know, two, uh, two field goals in the rest of the first half, despite all of the mistakes that the Texans were making. But they do have a very good defense. But in the second half, the Chiefs had uh, two really long touchdown drives of 94 and 71 yards against that same good defense. And, you know, it, it's something that the, the Chiefs have, it's sort of been a bit of a trope because the Chiefs have such a good uh, defense and they've had, they've been able to have a, a reliable running game that they tend to be sort of a ball control, grind out the clock sort of team. And Alex Smith is, is a guy who I think is finally gaining some due respect, but he's never been a flashy quarterback, one that everyone's talking about that's always on the, the highlight reels. And so people, have, and, and on paper, he doesn't generate this kind of like big yardage stats that a lot of other quarterbacks do. But I think a lot of people just sort of misunderstand the way that the Chiefs work. I mean, there, there's just there's multiple ways to, to craft a, a winning team and winning game plans. And and you know, they, I'm just going to throw some stats at you if that's okay. Sure. Like the you know, people always want to point to oh, well, you know, the, the, like how are the Chiefs going to score? Uh, they're the, the 27th ranked uh, you know offense in terms of total yards in, in the regular season. Yeah, 27th in total yards, but that doesn't really matter. The fact is, they're ninth in scoring. Um, they're scoring an average of 25.3 points per game. And granted, that's not one of the best, but they're also third in, in, uh, in, in defense in terms of preventing scoring. They're only allowing 17.9 points per game. And that's including a string of games where they're allowing over 30 points. Over our 11-game winning streak, we've been allowing just uh, 11.6 points per game. And so, granted, I mean, there wasn't a lot of great teams in, in, in a big part of that winning uh, winning streak, but this defense is playing way better than it has than it was in the beginning of the year. Um, and the Chiefs' offense is really underrated. The, the, they've been actually throwing more downfield passes than they were earlier, and I think uh, a lot of the rest of the you know the league and, and, and NFL fans haven't really caught up to it. But this is a this is a, a, a team that's humming on both sides of the ball now. Yeah, I can see that, but I'm looking at the offensive comparison between you guys and, um, <laughs> are you all right? Yeah, no, I was uh, in the apartment above me. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, because you, you live in Brooklyn. And so That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm in a house in Virginia. We don't have noise because we don't believe in being right next to each other. Anyway, sorry. Um, <laughs> again, Galpon Nation, look, this is the way we roll. Uh, just at this point, yes. All right, so offensive comparison, I'm looking at, you guys compare to the um, Patriots in passing yards per game. You guys average about 203 passing yards per game compared to their 286. But rush yards per game, you guys are definitely a rushing team. 127.8 yards per game versus their piddly. They don't even get 100 yards per game. It's not even worth mentioning. Third down conversion, you guys are pretty much neck and neck. And then um, points per game, it's still really close too. I mean, you guys are actually really evenly matched up. Yeah, and I think actually if you look at the positional groupings, I actually really like the the Chiefs, the way that they match up against the Patriots. I mean, the, it is the Patriots and it is the playoffs, and you know that the Belichick is going to come up with some sort of crazy stuff that's like questionably legal, some weird formations, and he's going to do some, he's going to have some tricks up his sleeve. But Andy Reid has a lot of those tricks up his sleeve too. Um, and and really if you look at the fact that, I mean, this Patriots offensive line, they've been, they've barely cobbled something together there. They've had so many injuries there. 
Um, and against, you know, what I think is probably the best pass rush in the NFL that is now it's getting healthier than it has been over the last several months. Uh, you know, people also forget that during this long win streak, I mean, Justin Houston, our, our by far our best, uh, pass rusher, he missed five games. He's now just starting to come back healthy. Tom Bahali missed some time. He's, he's been just really rotating in and out. Uh, they're, they're coming in at a time when the chiefs, uh, pass rush is at its healthiest. What does concern me is actually both sides have uh, – there's some uh, uncertainty, shall we say, in terms of the offense because both sides have some key guys that are still banged up. The Chiefs uh, lost Jeremy Macklin to a high ankle sprain in the game last week, so who knows if he's going to play. He's, he's, he's listed as questionable right now. Um, but the, the Patriots also have you know, Amendola and Edelman that have been banged up. Um, it's not clear how ready they are to play. Um, but, uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, the the chiefs have really relied on Macklin a lot, uh, for, for wide receiver production, but when he was out, he, he also had a concussion earlier in the season. And so, and he got the concussion early in the uh, Minnesota Vikings game and missed the following Steelers game. And during that time, the two guys behind him, uh, Albert Wilson and Chris Conley, they combined for 207 yards and two touchdowns, which over two games is pretty good production. I think that the, the chiefs don't throw to those guys much because they don't throw that much period. And, you know, they're competing for catches with Macklin and, and Kelsey when they're healthy. Um, but uh, I, I think the Chiefs will still have enough weapons. And, and with Andy Reid's uh, play calling, not, not even so much his play calling, but his, his game planning and his play design, um, they're going to get guys open and they're going to be able to, to, to move the ball, I think, on this, this Patriots team. Yeah, I think so too. And I feel like, again, you guys are really benefit from Andy Reid because he does have experience because, you know, people are like, oh, he didn't win playoff games. He won tons of playoff games in Philadelphia. Tons of them. Just not enough. And then not the big one against this team. So I almost feel like, and, and he's not thinking this way because it's just not how Andy Reid is, but it's, it's almost a revenge game in a way. Because if he can win against Belichick in this situation, then it kind of makes up for the Super Bowl. I would hope so. Um, and, and again, I, it's interesting. I think now the AFC, the, the four teams that are left, there's a lot of parody there. I, I could, I mean, you could tell me any one of these teams is going to end up rep, repping the, the conference and the, and the Super Bowl, and I wouldn't say it's crazy. Um, and I, I think actually, you know, what's interesting is that, you know, we, we talk all throughout the year about the prolific passers, and granted, we still have Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning, and, and Tom Brady in the playoffs, but, you know, Peyton Manning is obviously not who he once was. Uh, ben Roethlisberger has been making a lot of mistakes. And with uh, with Brady, I mean, I think really it, it, their defense has been playing really well. And, you know, he hasn't been all that impressive either. He's been throw, been forced to rely on short passes and, uh, and and things like that to keep keep the ball moving at all. He, he's not no longer this, you know, huge deep passing guy. Uh, not that he ever had a great deep ball to begin with. But either way, I mean, we've come to a point where I think of the AFC, it's really about the defenses now. Yeah, and that's so different than the way people would think about it even just a year ago. I mean, it's just crazy to me, but that just shows you how the game adapts. And also, again, we mentioned three of those quarterbacks, um, you know, Brady, Peyton, and Roethlisberger. They're all old in NFL years. Mm-hmm. So they're long in the tooth, and I think it's starting to show. I, I, I personally think it's starting to show. We know it's starting to show in Peyton. I mean, I don't – just safety-wise, just he should not come back next year. He might just die. I mean, he literally could die out there. I'm, I'm every, afraid every time he's snapping the ball. Roethlisberger, I mean, he's 
okay. And then Brady, I mean, he's starting to get there. I mean, it, it's starting to catch up. So it's going to be interesting to see as those guys kind of retire and, and, and move on to see who in the AFC kind of rises up as that kind of premier quarterback. Um, I still don't think it's going to be Alex Smith, though. But I think you agree with me there. No, uh, I mean, I will say, I mean, I, I've also been, I mean, depending upon whatever the, the NFL zeitgeist is, I've been accused of either being a uh, Alex Smith apologist or an Alex Smith doubter because I've been pretty much down the middle of the road for him. I mean, I, I think he's an above average starter, um, but I, I, I do think the Chiefs would be there's, you know, 10 quarterbacks better than him, at least in this league. And, and the Chiefs are going to have a harder road to uh, the Super Bowl as long as we don't have anyone better than him. On the other hand, I do have to say now say, I mean, he is playing by far the best football of his career. Um, and really, it, it's been the things that he's done better in this uh, second two-thirds, right, really three-fourths of the season um, that have helped turn things around for uh, for the Chiefs. I mean, they, they've allowed him to audible more things to the line, and he's made good decisions. There's like it seems like every game there's a touchdown that gets made because of something he sees in the red zone and audible something and it changes a route and, and, and hits that route uh, for a touchdown. And so I think for his, the way he plays him and Andy Reed are really, um, are really getting to that point, uh, which is great when you have some of those great head coach and, uh, and quarterback combinations where they really are part of the same machine and they can work really well together. And so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, if he throws 10 picks in, in, in this game, and then, you know, it's obviously going to change the record and change you know, how we all think about him. But I think already, you know, the crazy thing is that because the Chiefs have, have never had such sustained success, there's already only four Chiefs quarterbacks that have had three winning seasons. I mean, that's because we haven't had any good quarterback for any amount of time. One of those four quarterbacks is Alex Smith. And, you know, the other ones are Trent Green in the, the 2000s, uh, Steve DeBerg, no one remembers, but it was like late 80s, early 90s, and, uh, and Len Dawson, the great Len Dawson in like the 60s and 70s when the Chiefs actually won our only Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl four. So mm-hmm. that's, that's where we're at right now. I mean, whether you like it or not, Alex Smith and this offense are making it work, and, and him and Andy Reid have become, yeah, have created the most consistently successful Chiefs team we've seen in a very long time. Yes, it's, I think I'm going to give the edge, slight edge to Kansas City. I can't believe I'm doing that. I don't really want to. Again, I'm a bitter lover. I should not have kicked Andy to the curb. I should have kept him. I should have kept him, but I didn't, and I'm regretting it. You've made the right decision. <laughs> I have chosen wisely. If we use the Indiana Jones <laughs> reference, exactly. you have chosen wisely. All right, moving on um, to hopefully one of your opponents. It is um, Pittsburgh versus um, Denver. Pittsburgh, That Pittsburgh-Cincinnati game, personally as a football fan, I enjoyed it immensely. Um, because it's the kind of football you like to see. But then I didn't enjoy it because it just seemed like a bloody... Was it you that said it on the recap episode that it was a Shakespearean battle? Yes, it was yeah. you. Yeah, because you're the... Yeah. Here's the thing that I like about you, Nick, is that you are, out of all of them, the smartest of the super fans. You really are. You're intelligent. Because, you know, we've talked about where you went to school and it's very... Your vocabulary is excellent. And anyway, I don't have to butter you up. You're already on the show. But, you know, when you, when you pulled out that, I was like, nice job, Nick. But it's true. I mean, it was like a great, like, Henry the fifth battle of like i kept expecting like you know or or like mel gibson as you know william wallace to come out there and like start chanting well they'll never take our freedom because it was just a battle 
It really was. And, and it's unfortunate that it ended just as ugly as it did um, in a way that it was really penalties that sort of decided the winner. I mean, it really didn't. It wasn't really the penalties. I mean, that that is what the Bengals fans are, are still upset about. And, and rightly so. But they should be directing that anger at their players, in my opinion, not the refs. But it really was. It was the Jeremy Hill fumble that set up that weird chain of events where Ben Roethlisberger came back from being injured, led them on just a short drive, which then led to a 30-yard, like, back-to-back, uh, you know, uh, what was it? You know, it's uh, personal foul penalties right. um, that, that set up stupid. Easy, Which were stupid. Both, both stupid. Just stupid. Uh, that, that set up the game-winning uh, field goal. Those um, kind of penalties are the kind that I wish coaches could tell players to run until they're tired. Um, that that's, that's what's warranted there. Don't find them. They won't care about the money. But make them run until, until we as fans are tired. That, that's and, what they should do. And, and as much as, you know, I was not happy with that ugly play, I think we're going to see more of it in this game between Denver and Pittsburgh because Denver, they I think they actually have the most personal foul penalties in the league, at least during the regular season. I, I heard a, a commentator brought it up, some, one of the late, late games in the season that by like it was something like week 13 or something like that that Broncos players had racked up like four hundred ninety thousand dollars worth of personal foul penalties uh, fines I mean wow. it's insane yeah like before the season was even over they had a half a million dollars worth of fines for for illegal hits cheap shots things like that um and and their pass rushers and their corners they you know they definitely uh walk along that line um, and so I think we're out for another slugfest uh, in this game. It, it, it's going to be really interesting because the, these two teams played not so long ago, uh, and the the Steelers were able to, to pull it out there against Brock Osweiler. Um, but uh, it's just difficult to know what uh, you know what we can really predict from it. I mean, the the one thing is that we thought that going into the playoffs overall, that the Steelers would really be hampered by the loss of D'Angelo Williams, who's been their workhorse running back. But they were able to get enough done against the Bengals last week. And, you know, in that game against the Broncos, D'Angelo Williams only rushed for 26 yards on 14 carries. So they really didn't get any running game the, the, the last time they played them. I don't think they're – I think this is going to be the, – the, if you're the Steelers, you, you want this to be a shootout because – I mean – as long as Big Ben is healthy. So this is another one of those uh, really critical injury questions is how how healthy is Ben Roethlisberger? He apparently has a sprained AC joint after that sack late in uh, the Bengals game. But he's always a bit of a drama queen when it comes to this sort of thing. He, he tends to like to talk a lot about his injuries, but he always plays. Uh, and I think he'll play well. Whereas Peyton Manning, we'll see how healthy he was. But when he had to come in in that Week 17 game, I mean, people talked about, oh, well, I mean, he led them to the win. Like, well, but he only threw like five passes. And, you know, it was, they had a bit more zip on than they did earlier in the season. But it was still, they looked like slow-mo passes. And mostly he was just handing off the ball. If the, if the Broncos can run on the Steelers, then I think they can win. If the Steelers can stop the, the Broncos from running and, and force Peyton Manning to, to save them with his his, uh, let's just say, not the youngest arm in this playoff race, um, I, I think that the Steelers are going to uh, take a, take this game and, and take it on to the, uh, the AFC Championship game. I'm picking the Steelers in this one, um, but it's one that could go either way. And I'm probably biased by the fact that I do not particularly like the Denver Broncos. Well, that's obvious, just because, again, who you root for. Um, I want the Steelers to win because I picked them to go to the Super Bowl, so it's purely selfish. Um, not out of logic reason. I just want to be right. 
<laughs> that works too. No, but seriously, I fit them in the beginning, and then they started like sucking. And I'm like, man, like the whole AFC, like you know, um, North this year, it was just weird. It was just the whole like whatever division there, yeah, AFC North. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, but it was just, it was just bad. It was just like really, really bad. And I do feel bad for the Bengals. I felt like if Andy Dalton had played that game, they would have won that game. I really do. Yeah, and I, I feel bad for them. I feel bad for them as a franchise too, because it was. It was their finally, turn. It was their right, turn, and then right. injury, and it was the Steelers that did it. Yeah, and, and yes. like the like the Chiefs, they also have this very very long playoff run. I think they have the longest, and they had a golden opportunity to break it in this really nice comeback. And actually, AJ McCarron, I mean, he he didn't play well early in the game, but it also was it was raining really heavily, and he wasn't wearing a glove. And I think his one bad interception, it seemed like it slipped out of his hand because right. he then put on a glove after that. But overall, I mean. They asked, I mean, the, the fact that he was able to, to mount that comeback on that stage against that team, I was really impressed by him late in the game. And, and again, it was just wasted as they were grinding out under two minutes, just grinding out the clock with, uh, it, with a few running plays just to make the, the Steelers waste their, their last timeouts. And they had that game won. And it was Jeremy Hill um, that, that fumbled that ball away and their playoff chances. And I hope they don't blow up that regime. I mean, the, the 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 lack of discipline late in the game is really worrisome. But this is not something new. This is something that we know that, that Paul Brown, the owner, uh, he he likes to just bring in all of these axe murderers as as cheap players that have tons of red flags. And Marvin Lewis is able to corral them most of the time. But this was one time where they, I mean, you had both Adam Jones and and Vontez Burfick blow up right in your face, right all at once. But um, yeah, I, I hope they can try to keep that together and give uh, Andy Dalton another good shot next year. Well, Vontez won't be there for the first three games unless he appeals and gets it overturned. So he's been suspended for three games. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yes, and as he should be because it was just a dirty move. Dirty move. Um, looking at the rushing yards, it was interesting you mentioned the rush game. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Um, the Steelers only allow, for whatever reason, less than 100 rush yards per game. So if the Broncos are hoping to move that ball, that could be a little tricky some. Um you know, again, it's a shame that Peyton's arm isn't what it used to be because right now um, the Steelers are allowing 271 yards passing per game because their secondary is that bad. So, you know, it, it's a shame. You're not going to see Peyton throw the deep ball. It's just not – he's not physically able to. Yeah, I, I, and I, I, I think the game plan for the Steelers has got to be to try to force Peyton Manning to throw that ball. And – uh and again, if they're playing the kind of defense they've been playing in the second half of the year and they've been playing lately, um, they should be able to pick off that ball. Um, and that's why, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty com- – I mean, I don't know. I, I won't say I'm confident because anything could happen. These are two good teams. But I, I just feel like the, the Steelers know what they need to do to, to win this one. And uh, and for the Broncos, they've, they've looked shaky all over the place. Their defense will probably keep it close and keep them with enough opportunities to win it. But this isn't uh, 2004 Peyton Manning. No, it's definitely, definitely not. So, all right, um, out of the two teams, so we think Kansas City and we think Steelers. So out of those two, well, I know which one you're going to pick. Um, you know, ugh, that's tricky for me right now. I'd have to wait and see how the, the Steelers play before I can make a prediction. So, yeah. Because you don't want me trusting the, the – if all of a sudden I jump on the Chiefs bandwagon, you guys will lose terribly. Oh no, and that's why I've been fine with you know <laughs> some of the the ways in which the Chiefs have been really under the radar, especially these last few weeks. That 
you know, national commentators weren't really giving them respect. I'm like, I'm okay with that because the Chiefs pretty much always do the opposite of whatever, you know, the country expects them to do. When everyone thinks that we're, you know, god-awful, the worst team in the league, then we have a Cinderella season and make a, a surprising run. When everyone expects us to, to win it all and be like a popular pick for the Super Bowl or something like that, we just explode in epic fashion and have a disappointing season. So, you know what? Fine. Keep doubting. I'm, I'm cool with that. It'll be more epic when we win. I, I should be a bigger person and go, yeah, Andy Reid. I'm not. I'm still better <laughs> because, baby, come back. I was wrong, and I just can't win without you. It's true. We can't. We've proven that. Oh, Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly. All right, moving on. Um, Seattle, Carolina. I am so looking forward to this game. So, so, so looking forward to this game because I have been high on Carolina all year. We all know this. I love me some Cam Newton. I'm very afraid, though, that the Seahawks are doing what Seahawks do, and they're getting really good at the right time. They're getting their pieces and parts back, and that Legion of Boom starting to boom again. And I'm like, oh, Cam Newton, you might be over. I'm I'm very worried about the, the Panthers this week. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things on paper going into all of this. I was very confident that – no matter who won in this first week of the NFC playoffs in, in the wild card round, neither of them were going to get past Arizona or uh, Carolina. But I'm I'm much less confident about that now than I was before, and not like Carolina did anything in the last week to to hurt their chances. But you know, it's just one of those interesting things that that before everything was working for Carolina, they were just steamrolling people, uh, and there was there wasn't you know despite the fact that they just don't have very many receivers, they were able to just make so much offense work. Their defense was doing great. And there wasn't a blueprint on how to beat these guys. Cam Newton was playing out of his mind, and nothing seemed to work in terms of uh, stifling him. And it's only in these last few weeks that the book is starting to be written on how to beat the Carolina Panthers. And they put that tape out there. I mean, if even the they, they had trouble even against the, the New Orleans Saints defense at times, it shows that there's some inconsistencies there that, that other teams can take advantage of. And uh, and yeah, I mean, I, and, and, and likewise, the Saints were able to move the ball on them. Um, so, you know, I'm still going to pick the Panthers, um, despite the fact that everything in terms of momentum seems to be going Seattle's way. Uh, they're getting Marshawn Lynch back. It sounds like yeah, beast mode is probably going to have himself a game, uh, despite the fact that, uh, that, uh, Panthers have some great linebackers that are going to be chasing after him. I just feel like he's the sort of dude that when he's kept off the field for a while, he's going to come back with an attitude hurt or not. And maybe he'll hurt himself halfway through the game again, but he's going to hurt himself. <laughs> you know, uh, he's going to put some punishment out, out there on his own. And, and Russell Wilson's done some just amazing things so far. But that also was, you know, still, I mean, Russell Wilson and this offense, they still only managed 10 points in, in the wild card uh, weekend against a good defense. But still, I just think that when it comes down to it, Cam Newton is going to be able to score more points and, and they're just going to keep it rolling. Um, they're playing at home. They're having the best season, I think, of their franchise history. Um, and and they're, they're a proud team. Ted Ginn's coming back healthier which is their big vertical threat. And, you know, he's part of what sets up a lot of what they do offensively because even if he doesn't catch the balls, which he frequently doesn't, you know, you, you keep tossing those deep bombs to him um, and, and the defense has to at least respect it. They have to at least spread out and try to, you know, keep guys covering him, which then opens up uh, the rushing game for Cam Newton and, and the running game. And, um, and so I just, I still think they come away with it. 
And here's the other thing people are discounting with Russell Wilson is that he's used to playing in North Carolina. People forget that he spent three of his college years playing for NC State. So he, you know, whenever he's in North Carolina, he's comfortable. I mean, that's close to home. He grew up in Richmond, Virginia, so he'll have family there at the game. Um, you know, and he's very good and poised. We, he has the experience that Cam Newton doesn't have in these playoffs, in these deep runs, in these high pressure situations. You know, ignore the last play of the Super Bowl. That could have happened to anybody. But, you know, when it comes down to it, he has the most poise I've seen of any of these quarterbacks when it comes to these games. I mean, just just overall, I mean, he just seems to know how to figure out how to win and, and keep it going. He did have that amazing play against the Vikings. It seemed like it lasted like 20 seconds where he had to scramble out. Everything fell apart. He just somehow kept on running around and waited and ended up getting a really long play to Tyler Lockett. Um, and that's the thing with him. The way that he can use his legs um, you, you just can never count him out. I mean, he's like he's like some of the, the the great quarterbacks in that way. Although probably even better because he doesn't just use it as a as a sort of like a running gimmick that they can design like Kaepernick and RG three. He's a guy who he uses it to uh, smartly to keep the play moving to occasionally take it you know take the first down if it, if it's given to him if the, if the defense doesn't respect him and backs off. Um, but also, he can just keep on running around. His uh, he has a good rapport with his receivers. His receivers will break off their routes, get themselves open somehow, and he he can keep it keep the things moving even when his offensive line isn't helping him out and, and other things aren't going well. So that is definitely the big factor that you have to deal with. But Cam Newton is a lot of those things too, um, and I, I think Cam Newton's the MVP. I, I think that uh, while Russell Wilson is probably going to have a good game this game, I, I just feel like this is Newton's year, and, and he's gonna. He's going to make it happen. Yeah, I feel like he's going to rise up. I mean, this is going to be the game that proves whether or not he is the next level. You know, as we talked about those three guys in the AFC kind of leaving, we're looking for that kind of next elite quarterback. I believe Cam Newton could be that guy. I, a lot of people are like, no, no, no. But I'm like, if you look at the way he played in college, he consistently plays well in the NFL. I, I like the guy a lot. I really wish he were my quarterback. And I know a ton of teams out there would love to have him. Um, he's just fantastic. I don't, I think it's going to be close. I'm pulling for Carolina, um, but I wouldn't mind the Seahawks winning either. I'm just going to leave it like that. I'm going to be very diplomatic. You can appreciate that with what you do for your real life. Yes. I'm going to be diplomatic. Yeah, sure. Yes. No, I, and I think, I mean, and also if you look back at it, I think it, it, I saw somewhere um, that they, they played each other once a year, basically the last three years, and every single one of those regular season games has been decided by four points or five points. So no matter what, this is going to be a close game, I think. Um, it's really just a matter about who do you trust more to make the one big play or, or just to just barely come out on top. And for me, that's, uh, that's Cam Newton and, and this offense. And, 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 and also, I mean, they both have good defenses, but I, I just feel like that the, the, the Panthers have, have it humming a bit better and, and they're going to make it happen at yeah. home. I agree. I agree. All right. Last game of the weekend, Green Bay at uh, Arizona. First off, dear Aaron Rodgers, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for putting me out of my misery. Now, <laughs> I need to preface this. If you listen to Nick's, um, or maybe we talked about this off air, um, but Nick went to American, which is in Washington, D.C., so he understands what it's like to deal with Redskin fans. He gets it. Um, so thank you, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, for stopping it and stopping it well. Because if I had to hear more you like that, I think I was going to punch <laughs> someone in the face. Seriously. <laughs> Seriously, just know the best part of that game because I'm a horrible off person, Nick, was when the Packers fans are screaming, "We like that, we like that." That was fantastic. <laughs> it was so good. I was like, "That's right, we 
do like it. Because when Washington loses, everyone else wins. Because I'm a horrible, awful person, Nick. So, yeah, I had to get that out there. So, thank you. Thank you, um, Aaron Rodgers. You're still my favorite. And your girlfriend's super hot. If I were lesbian, that's who I would want to date. Okay, moving on. Um, offensive comparison. Arizona, though, by far kicks um, Green Bay's ass when you look at it on paper. I mean, there is no comparison, which is so shocking because we're so used to Green Bay being so good, but they haven't been good at all this year. I mean, Eddie Lacy, you know, he's like the rolling meatball um, running back this year. No Jordy Nelson. You can definitely tell that he is missed in that offense. It, it's just not been. Do they have enough in the tank, Nick, to get through that really, really good Arizona defense and offense? Or is it just no? There are no weaknesses on this Arizona team on paper. I mean, it, it is really remarkable because, you know, you can find things. I mean, the, the, the Panthers are weak in some areas. There's, I mean, every team has their spots of the roster where it's like, yeah, they, you know, they're able to work around their weakness at that position, but whatever. It'd be like, no, the, the, the Arizona Cardinals just have no no Achilles heel. They have no weaknesses. They have still lost games, though, and I think it's important to look at you know how and when they lost. I mean, they lost at home to the Rams this year, despite how good they've been playing. And you know, the Rams have, have run well, and 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 I think it, interestingly, in in the Packers' win, what finally started to work and what I think probably what frankly got Aaron Rodgers smiling was the fact that their running game worked really well against the Redskins and that took enough pressure off that that then Rodgers could could then you know do some play action and he, he can read the defense and, and find the open guy and, and, and find tendencies and matchups that he likes and, and get it going. I mean I think you know the smiling we saw to him was some of the first smiles we've seen at Aaron Rodgers in several weeks. And he was still I mean they weren't playing well at the beginning of that game against Washington. Um but the other thing that gives me some hope for for Green Bay, who Green Bay was my Super Bowl pick uh, begin at the beginning of the season, so I, I'm pulling for them uh, on that level as well to, to make me look smart. But um, the, their defense is for for real as well. Um, that I think their defense has been really underrated all season. Uh, they gave us a good go of it. I think it was week three of the season. Um, I think they sacked Alex Smith like six times. They sacked uh, um, uh, Kirk Cousins six times last week. Um, their corners are good. Uh, they you know they have they have enough for the pass rush. They're, they're a solid uh, defense. And frankly, I mean, there's there's still a lot of accolades going to Cousins last week and the fact that he kept uh, kept Washington in that game. He's he's trying to keep up with Rodgers. Uh, once Rodgers got going, but in reality, also, I mean, he was, you know, a lot. He he was getting sacked a lot on third down, fourth down, and a lot of those were coverage sacks because the Packers were really blanketing things, and he was forcing throws. and And the Packers defenders actually dropped like five or six interceptions. I mean, that that was the cousins that we were seeing come out again, and it was just the only reason why my cousins, in my opinion, still looks good <laughs> coming out of that game is because the Packers are dropping the interceptions. I mean, he could have had a Hoyer-like game, uh, but they just uh, they're bouncing off. Uh, Packers hands but I, I I do think that you know I, I wouldn't have said it a week ago but I do think the Packers can give Arizona a run for their money um, and it makes this game a lot tougher to pick I am still going to pick Arizona at home um, because I think they're the more complete team and I just think fundamentally especially with you know with the bye with a week to rest can rest and plan and, and figure this out uh, they uh, I, I think they're going to be able to, to, to pull this one off 
But it would not surprise me in the least if this sudden rebirth of Aaron Rodgers gives them what they need to keep on rolling through and uh, and, and have him really put the team on his shoulders. The, the fact that they were getting some running, just enough of a running game going, um, that that they can have a complete offense, that is really the thing that the Packers need to be a legit team. And it's, it's appeared just now in the playoffs, but it's at just the right time. Um, so it would not catch. It would not surprise me at all if they catch uh, Arizona a bit unawares with a, with a complete attack. But I, I just, I, I still, I, I think the the smart pick is still Arizona. Yeah, that offense with the weapons that they have, their running game is fantastic. Their passing game is fantastic. They are balanced offensively, and that's I, I can't say that about any other team in these playoffs right now. They're the most balanced, well-put-together team. I I just, I don't see it happening. I really don't see it. If, if they were playing like in Green Bay, maybe. But I'm giving that edge to Arizona. I could be wrong. Again, you know, we've seen this before with wildcard teams. They come in and they've got the momentum because they've already played a game and they already won a game that they weren't probably shouldn't have won. And that momentum kind of grows. We've seen that. The New York Giants did that twice. So it could definitely happen. Absolutely. And that's why I love playoff football because you just don't know. But right now, here in my walk-in closet, nope. I'm saying Carson Palmer is going to lead that team to victory. And I think the year that the Packers did win the Super Bowl, it was when they were like a sixth seed. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, and that happens a lot. I mean, we've seen that. It happened with um, – was it just happens. I mean, it just does. Like last year was a fluke that um, the Patriots and um, Seattle both got in, you know, and they were divisional um, – was it champions? But other than that, you know what I mean? It, it, it does happen. It does seem like at least Walker teams get deeper in the playoffs than we realize. And you don't expect. But, I mean, again, it just shows you there, there is parity in this. I mean, here's the thing that I noticed this year. Normally we talk about how the league is, is parity and, and, you know, your compadre over there and next fan out, Patrick, goes on and on about how, uh, you know, Roger Goodell wants parity in the league. And for the most part there is. But this year it seemed like there was just like it was it was like a top tier and then everybody else. And I think that's what we're starting to see is that, you know, out of that top tier, who really has the stuff and the maker to get kind of going further. And when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers with the experience he has, with the football knowledge he has, you know, I never discount him ever. But again, this Cardinals team is so freaking good, Nick. It's so, so good. Yeah. But, you know, the playoffs is also the time where unbelievable things happen. And when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, he can make the unbelievable occur. Um, and I, I, it, both of these NFC games, you know, give me a lot of pause in terms of picking. I, I still feel like you have to take the teams that have been showing that they can do it consistently uh, throughout the season. And, and like you said, I mean, despite all the parity, I mean, these guys on the NFC side, I mean, it, it's been Carolina and Arizona pretty much all season looking this good. And, and there seems to be a big drop off on that side. On, on the AFC side, it's sort of been a muddle. I mean, and, and even beyond the teams that made it to the playoffs, I mean, you have teams like Buffalo and and, uh, and the New York Jets that, I mean, I think are, are as good as some of the teams that, that made it into the AFC uh, playoffs. And so, I mean, I, I think the you know, probably it's going to be the NFC is going to win the, the Super Bowl uh, because the, those top teams just seem unrivaled. Uh, but the NFC, you know, I think there's been far more parity on the, in the AFC side uh, throughout this year. Um, and, and like, I mean, I, I honestly think that all the AFC games are pretty much toss-ups. NFC, they're close, 
but I still feel like, you know, we got the, the best teams that have in the conference that have done it all year. They're playing at home. Uh, that's why I'm picking both of the both the home teams there. But, uh, man, it's going to be good. It is going to be good. It is going to be good. So let's say everything is kismet and it does everything next way and Kansas City makes it to the Super Bowl. Hoo hooray. Out of those four NFC, te- NFC teams, which one do you least likely want the Kansas City Chiefs to face? Probably Arizona, because uh, like I said, I, I think they're the most complete team. Uh, I, st- I mean, I wouldn't want to, I mean, I, 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 the, the, the rational person in my mind probably wouldn't pick the Chiefs to beat either Carolina or Arizona. Um, but I could just see that, you know, that the, the Chiefs defense is so good at certain points that maybe they could take away a couple of uh, Carolina's weapons and, and lead them to be a bit more, you know, single di- dimensional there and, and uh, and and there would just be sort of a defensive battle that they could do just enough to win. I have a harder time seeing that being possible against Arizona. Um, so I guess that means I'm pulling for Carolina if the Chiefs uh, make it through this next round. All right, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. So, um, are you excited about this? You know, weekend because I just I, again I don't have a team in the in the playoffs, so I don't know. I'm just kind of like, eh. but for you, I mean, you must be like pumped. Oh, yeah. Like I said, I mean, the main thing for me that I was hoping for, as I think a lot of Chiefs fans were, was just break the playoff skid. Just win a game. Anything beyond that is gravy. And especially if the Chiefs can go into Foxborough and beat the Patriots in the playoffs, I mean, that would just be that would be fantastic. Um, and again, I mean, once you get past the Patriots, I don't, I mean, I, I th- don't think there's any particular reason, as long as the Chiefs don't lose any more guys to injury. I, mean, I, I see no compelling reason why they wouldn't be able to beat the Steelers or the Broncos in the next round. So this is, you know, it, it would be the most unlikely Chiefs playoff run, I think, in the history of the team. And especially the fact that, the te- that we didn't even mention the fact the team has been doing this all year, practically, without Jamal Charles, without our, our arguably our best offensive player, and, and really the player that the narrative has, has been over the last several years, that this guy goes down, the Chiefs have nothing offensively, and they've proven everybody wrong. I mean, this, is, this has been a deep team. It's been a mentally tough team this year, and that's something that the Chiefs, just, their Chiefs fans basically haven't seen um, in, in their squad in a long time. So I'm, I'm pumped. I'm excited to see how far this team can take it. Um, you know, even if, if, if they fall short at, at Foxborough, there's no shame in that. And I, I'm, I'm still amped for their, uh, their season next year, as long as they can keep some of these pieces together, I think there'll be a sexy Super Bowl pick next year. So no matter what, I am, uh, I am high up in the sky. Well, I'm happy for you. Nick, if members of Galpal Nation want to talk Chiefs or any of the other picks with you, where should they go? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Clayton Nicholas. Uh, you can, but uh, you should also definitely be following our podcast, which is the Next Fan Up podcast. That's at NFU podcast. You can also find us on Facebook if you just put Next Fan Up into the search bar. And you can see all of our episodes at blogtalkradio.com slash nextfanup, I'm pretty sure. Yep, it is blogtalkradio.com forward slash next fan up. You can tell I say that a lot because I have a lot of you guys on. I don't imagine I could have gotten through this NFL season without you boys. I mean, seriously. I mean, I still don't like the fact that he's calling me the Pod Vader, like the 34 fan. I'm like, no, I'm the sports gal pal. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, because I'm not part of the group. 
I'm just kind of like, I'm like a kid sister. Like every once in a while you allow me to the clubhouse and then you're like, okay, get out. And I'm like, okay, great. So yes. But every time I've been on, you've been a gentleman. So thank you. And you did defend me against Podvader. Uh, the last time I was on with Podvader and, and myself and you Thanksgiving, um, the week before Thanksgiving. Um, and you, you also reminded Podvader, he was writing checks that his butt couldn't cash and it proved right. We, we got a lot of lunatics on our podcast that I, I, I do find it necessary to be a bit of the uh, the lion tamer over there. So uh, no, no no problem. Hey, okay, just right. doing my job. All right, no no no. Now you have to now you have to admit it. Which one's the biggest lunatic? <laughs> oh, man, let's see. Who I know which the, I know which one I the think. Largest lunatic. Well, you know, no, no, I'll even make it easier for you. Pick one from the AFC and one from the NFC. Oh, that's makes it more interesting. Well, I mean, I do. I would say that um, that our dear recap host, he he always keeps an even keel on the air. But that man, he he gets. Uh, he went after me. Um, by the way, Mark Sicko was who we were talking about the Eagles superfan, who I do love. I love and adore the Sicko. He went after me because I was talking about like how much I love Deshaun Jackson. But I do. I love Deshaun Jackson. And he was like tweeting me today about how bad he played yesterday. I'm like, why are you doing this to me? He's not my wide receiver anymore, Sicko. Yeah, he's yeah, he's passionate. Although I will say that that uh, Falcon Superfan Tim gives him a run for his money at times. If you bring up Desmond Trufant and do not the the, just laud laud praise yeah. on that no, no. particular cornerback, no, no. the best thing the best thing is is you go after Julio. I dared mention <laughs> to him once. I was like, "You are selfish." I, I think I said this with um, Sam on my Thanksgiving special. I said, "Tim, the Atlanta Falcons are being selfish by keeping Julio to themselves. They should give him to Carolina. He would do much better there." You would have thought I like said. <laughs> I like Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing, because you know Tim and I are best friends in real life. This is true. Everybody knows it now. We're, we're not hiding it. We really are best friends. We talk every day. Um, I, I thought the friendship was over when I said that. I really did. But it's true, Nick. It's true. He's wasted there right now, at least this year. He gets pretty defensive. And, and interestingly enough, and this is sort of funny, if, if I have to make an AFC pick for the craziest fan, I think I might say Pod Vader. Oh, I agree. Um, oh, no, I don't know. hands down. Any, anyone who's been following uh, Next Fan Up from the very beginning knows that you know we sort of started out around the Deflate Gate time, and man, that guy can go on a rant. Um, <laughs> he is—he's uh, quite the Patriots fan, and uh, yeah, both that and fantasy. He, yeah, he can—he—he he will go off. Yes, so, he did because he went off on me. Remember? Oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> and he, he rude the day because guess who played like a champion? Because that seriously, it fired me up, Nick, to the point where I'm like, I'm gonna show him, and I'm beat, and I did. I kicked ass, and I won that whole thing. And not only that, but the Patriots went on to lose like four out of the next six games, including to my Eagles. Exactly, it's all Pod Vader's fault. So you warned the, him. I mean, you warned one, him. You said yeah. you were like Pod Vader. That's a lot of karma you're digging there, buddy. That's a lot. Oh, yeah. You, you want to back down? He goes no, and I'm like okay. <laughs> Now, he's the captain of bad juju uh, and self-inflicted curses. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's the Red Sox fan in him, really, I think. Probably. Yes. yes. I like to bring that up, too, just to rub that salt in the wound. Anyway, it is the Kansas City Superfan, Nick from Next Fan Up. Thank you so much. I'm so sorry it took me so long to have you on. And if by some chance your Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid make it to the Super Bowl, do you mind coming back and talking about it again? Oh yeah, no, I'll have uh, I'll have interviews lined up all week, but I'll, I'll fit you in. Well, thank you, because I am your favorite gal pal. Come on, 
Exactly. Exactly. All right. And again, it is Nick from Next Fan Up. You can listen to him and all the super fans, um, whoever they have left um, going along right now, because it is just playoff time. Um, you can follow them on at NFU Podcast on Twitter. And of course, listen to them on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Next Fan Up. They are taking applications for super fans right now. So, and I got to tell you, the guys are super fun. I've met all of them. I haven't met the new Redskin guy yet, though, so I won't acknowledge his existence. You must come through the Sports Galpa gauntlet before you're acknowledged as a super fan. I'm just saying. Um, so, they are fun. They will be doing things in the off season. They do things like, again, mock drafts for... Um, what is it? Actual draft day. You talk about off season issues, nonsense. Usually Star Wars comes up at least like twice if Pod Vader's on. So, you know, it's a good time. It's a great podcast, guys. It's one of my favorites. And I'm not just saying that because I'm, you know, Pod Vader's person, but I am saying that because I legitimately listen to every episode, sometimes whether I want to or not. So, again, Nick, thanks so much for coming on. It was a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Sports Gal Pal Podcast. And be sure to check out sportsgalpal.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.